What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Matt Goes to the Movies. We are here with Mondays with Maximoff. And if you've listened to the first two episodes of the show and have been following us on social media, uh, we are joined by Rob, who's been a great help with a lot of episodes here on Matt Goes to the Movies, and Harrison from The Basement Binge. Uh, we said last week that we were doing this show as a trifecta, which is really awesome. We have a lot of varying opinions, especially this week on this episode. So, Rob Harrison, uh, welcome, guys. Thank you for having me again. I'm so excited for this. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, folks, if you've been listening to the show, uh, we're going to kind of like jumpstart here. And we're going to start with our two-minute warning, which is for listeners of the show, or if you haven't listened, this is the part where uh, each of us take two minutes uh, we're going to go over what we thought of the episode, but it's completely spoiler-free for anybody who has not seen episode three of WandaVision. So uh, listen to the two-minute warning, hear what we think about this show, and then we're going to give you a second here to, to pause the episode and come back to us if you haven't seen this. But with that being said, Harrison, uh, you're going to get us started here. What are your impressions of, of this episode of WandaVision? Uh, yeah, it's a very minute warning maybe a one minute warning because there's not much to address you know similar to last episode where we talked about most of everything is hypothesizing and being excited about what might happen you know even if we're 90 percent wrong you know this episode is more of the same it's following the the typical thing that we got with the last few episodes where it's kind of the sitcom based off a tv show this one's very 70s feeling um and then kind of snuck in there especially towards the end we get more of a reveal of more things to come but it's such a small reveal that really it's just like oh here's something that you can chew on until next week it's it's so minimal so it, i really like it it's it's interesting to think about it's a hard episode to talk about because the the sitcom 70 stuff i appreciate how well they're making it like it's not just like oh we've got to get through the sitcom stuff so we can tell the real thing you know, there is a bigger thing here, but when they are making that that 70 TV show, they spent so much time making it lots of fun. And so it's it's fun enough to enjoy while you're waiting for it to get to the big part. Um, and then, yeah, the, the last 10 minutes of the show, my heart was like going to beat out of my chest. It was intense. And it, it it's sad because I'm having to just chew on the smallest of details, hoping for more to come. Um, but yeah, it, it's fun. Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen are just as great. And they, they're becoming the reason that I love this the most is just, they're just so much fun. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Rob, I'm going to shoot in here and go next. Cause kind of like Harrison said, uh, my two minute warning is probably one minute because, you know, similar to you've probably any listeners and I'm sure you two have heard too, you know, a bad ending can ruin a really great movie and vice versa. This show's ending for me really kind of catapulted this episode um, a lot higher than what I was initially thinking. And it really is the last 10 minutes where Harrison, you alluded to it. Um, I, I got kind of nervous the last 10 minutes of this episode because of a certain character that really almost seemed to change um, with from one scene to another, and it was a little intimidating. And obviously, we'll go into that during spoilers. What I think, what I mean by that, but there's not a lot to talk about in this episode, minus little tidbits and what could be a theory. It looks like that's going to change very quickly with the next episode. But I did enjoy this episode, but I think it would be another one where it might be difficult to get through on a rewatch. So um, that's, that's my take on this episode. Rob, uh, what about you? Uh, close this out for us. Yeah. So with, without really getting too far into spoilers, there's, there's not a lot here that you can really go into. And, and yeah, I think we're probably going to spend um, the bulk of the rest of this show kind of trying to, to extract um, nuggets of information or, or possible foreshadowing of or what we expect to happen over the next several weeks. Um, you know, much in the same way, week one was very Dick Van Dyke um, kind of influence and episode two was very much Bewitched and uh, I Dream of Jeannie. You know, this week we get more of a Partridge family and Brady Bunch. I mean, what I love is I love the care and attention that they make 
to setting the scene and really making you feel like you're watching a piece of television from that era. And it really starts with the music, the, the way they, the instruments they choose, the style of music they're going with, just everything about how they're presenting these is, um, it's really impressive to go back and listen to, um, especially if you have, like we've talked about in the past, if you've seen any of these old shows, that are acting as the inspiration for uh, each decade that they're going through. Um, they're, they're lovingly crafted, I guess, you know, as far as setting the scene. Um, so I really do enjoy that. Um, this, this week was a low point for me. Uh, I guess what I would say of, of my subscription of Disney plus so far of everything that we've gotten for original content Um uh, you know, just like I've, I've talked about before, sat down with the family, watched it on Friday night. I was kind of bored through part of it, to be honest. Um, the ending definitely got my attention again. Um, on the rewatch, I, you know, I wasn't really looking forward this, the rest of this weekend. I, I just was not like, okay, you know, like with Mandalorian, I was super, I was just as excited for my rewatch as I was the initial viewing of the episode. Um I just, yeah, you know, I'll get to it when I get to it was kind of my thought. And, um, you know, on that rewatch, knowing what the last 10 minutes were like, um, I I enjoyed my rewatch more than I thought I would. But um, I, yeah, I I don't know that I ever need to watch this episode ever again, you know, unless I'm doing a run through for some reason or unless there is something insane that happens. Uh, throughout this show that I have to go back and see how those pieces fell together and how did we miss these obvious cues and things like that. Um, you know, it's uh, it, there's a lot of things about this that just didn't work for me that I'll, that I'll get into more when we, when we get past the two minute warning. All right. Well, uh, I, I think that's where we're going to go here. So listeners, if you have not seen episode three of WandaVision or you do not care about spoilers, um, Obviously, if you don't want to hear spoilers, this is a part where you're going to pause this episode, go watch it on your own, and then come back to us. But um, here we go. We're going to get into uh, spoilers and theories and everything else that we can. So obviously, guys, the real meat of this episode is the fact that Wanda's pregnant, and it's going to come much quicker than what you know, she and Vision think it's going to. It's rapidly approaching at a comedic level, so to speak, with things coming into reality, which I, Harrison, I want to pose this first question to you um, because a lot of this is based on theories and everything like that. But a lot of these things when Wanda's pregnant and getting things together because they're getting the nursery ready uh, come to life. And one of my questions for you is, what do you think about the butterfly scene? Because I have my opinion on that. And I'm curious if you have any thoughts right off the bat on the butterflies coming to life. Uh, yeah, I think that it was, yeah, it was, a, I think, let me gather my thoughts here. I think it was a great example of what is happening in the bigger picture. Clearly Wanda has incredible powers that she doesn't even know the extent of, you know, she gets butterflies in her stomach and suddenly the butterflies in the room come to life. Um, and she's so like happy with it and just like go with it. It's the best thing ever. And so I think that it, this has to do with my theory. You know, I think that the reality that they're in the fact that she has kids is continually at the result of her subconscious whims. And she is so excited about it that she just follows along with it and tries to control everything. But I think there's a lot of things that are also out of her control because she is so unfamiliar with what she can do. Um, And so a lot of things are happening to her without her intentionally doing it. Yeah. um, I think this episode really puts into perspective and obviously the ending, which we'll get into later, how, out of control a lot of things are um, and how it could come crumbling really quickly. But one interesting thing, and Rob, I'll let you branch off of this. The butterflies actually make an appearance too uh, in Dr. Strange when he's actually talking with the ancient one. And I thought that was pretty interesting. And again, maybe it means nothing, but when she was taking him through dimensions and he sees a butterfly and she says, you know, well, 
what is real here. Um, and with everything that we've heard about Dr. Strange and the, the multiverse of madness uh, again, I, I feel like sometimes Marvel is not doing anything by coincidence. So I, I feel like all of these little things are obviously just connected. And Rob, I think that's maybe where rewatches kind of like you alluded to might come into play because by the time this is all over, we might see things that were like, holy cow, I did not realize that was a setup for this. Or there's these little clues right in front of us that seemed like nothing um, that could mean something. And again, um, literally what I'm saying could absolutely mean nothing. Um, but I don't think everything is going to just be, oh, no, that's, that did, had nothing on the story. So the one that really jumped out to me, and it seemed weird initially on my rewatch, why exactly was Herb cutting concrete with a hedge trimmer? Like, what exactly was he doing there? You know, like, it didn't make any sense from just like a, hey, neighbor kind of perspective. Like, he was doing something. Um, and it didn't it, it didn't line up with, with anything that we would associate with like, yeah, okay, you could, he just slipped and his head trimmer just can now cut through stone block apparently. Um, so that was kind of weird to me. And it was even weirder on my rewatch because he's, when Vision comes outside later in the episode and, and, he's, and Agnes is there and he's having the conversation with her or she's having the conversation with Herb, they're, they're talking about something and they get kind of weird and they're talking about Geraldine being inside and she doesn't have a home and all of these things. Um, it, it kind of makes you wonder, are they all sword operatives? Are they, are they actually, are they trapped there too? And, you know, Geraldine is the one who's shown up and be like, okay, everybody, like, I'm going to get us out of this. I need you to all play along. Like, I'm here to help. Like it, it really makes you wonder, like, was he doing something to try to set up, uh, you know, it, a way for her to, in, to get in, you know, or to try to cut into that reality. Um, again, a lot of this could mean absolutely nothing, but it seemed so strange what he was doing. I refuse to believe that part was nothing. Um, what did you think? Yeah. I, I, just the way that it transfers to, hey, what are you doing there? And he just, oh, look at that. It, again, it seems like these characters are breaking out of reality, um, especially the way that they weaved in and out of, oh, never mind, don't say anything. Um, okay, well, you know, bye, neighbor. Or also, too, there's one scene, uh, Harrison, I'll get your thoughts on this where he goes to get the doctor. And again, this is kind of jumping throughout the episode, but when he runs to get the doctor, which again um, is a little bit of a, a talking point to me, the doctor says to him, hard place to escape from that again, just doesn't seem like a throwaway line. It seemed very yeah. pointed <laughs> and very meaningful. Um, you know, Harrison, you do, you did, a really good thing um, on your Mandalorian episodes where you had your Harrison's hypothesis and I liked it. Um, obviously we kind of joked and talked about how some of them just didn't come true, but I, mm -hmm. what are you thinking with these things? Yeah. Uh, I'm glad that you liked that hypothesis with Harrison. That was it. Uh, hypothesis are tons of fun for me with these things. So I've been thinking about it a ton and both of those moments you mentioned really I think are really important like both of you guys said but I've been thinking about a lot and I really think that Agnes who's played by Catherine Hahn is Agatha Harkness the, you know or or some version of that from the comics and 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 Herb whoever he is is in some way whether he's a sword agent or somebody else or somebody created by Wanda he's under the control of Wanda so when Wanda's in this horribly stressful situation where she's going into labor and all this chaos is happening around him, she doesn't have the, the ability to control him to his, trim his bushes properly. And so he's kind of slipping on his own, and, and he's not understanding it And because her grip on that reality is loosening. And we see that throughout this episode as butterflies are coming to life, a, a bird is coming to life, there's, it's raining inside, you know, all these things. I think it's just showing that 
Wanda, because of the stressful mumps season, is, is losing her grip on reality. But Agnes, uh, and I think the same thing goes with the doctor, you know, that, that they're trapped in there. Wanda's brought them in there somehow. And every once in a while, we just see slips of Wanda's control over that reality. But I think Agnes, uh, are you guys familiar with, the, with her relationship with Wanda in the comics at all? Here and there, um, it's something that I've started to actually read up on because there definitely seems to be, at least for me from things that I've read, they, they seem to be kind of, not cherry picking the right word, but there definitely seem to be taking bits and pieces from stories and combining them into this this version of Wanda of WandaVision from stories that they've done in the comics. Yeah, I think that's well said. I'll, uh, I don't want to spoil anything for anybody, you know, of course, Matt and Rob, but also any listeners. So I'll keep it really brief because Wanda has had so many rewrites through comics and so many times has had, you know, uh, reality altering powers, House of M being the most famous one. Uh, but in a lot of those iterations, Agatha Harkness is a witch. She has similar powers to Wanda and she actually trains Wanda Maximoff and helps her develop the powers to have children. Uh, and later, it doesn't go so great. She turns out to be a lot more evil than good and kind of turns on Wanda. Uh, so I think that it's some, something's going on there. I really, especially from the first few episodes, think Agatha, or Agnes, excuse me, is very interested in having Wanda create children. Uh, you know, in the first episode, she's saying, uh, what about seduction techniques? And then the second episode is all about for the children. I mean, like that's the most on the nose thing ever. And then the third episode, she's making sure that the delivery and the birth is going well and that it's being controlled. So I think that everybody is under their control and Agnes is someone who's there uh, consciously. She's aware of what's going on and she's got some type of control over everything. Um, I don't know. It, it's super interesting. And it also kind of adds some idea that I think that uh, – Geraldine was that shield agent that flew in on the helicopter and that's why she doesn't have a home. So I don't know, but like the thing is I'm just like chewing up these pieces into way more than they mean. And I'm probably going to be 90% wrong. Like I was with Mandalorian, <laughs> but it's fun to think about. And you th- I think that's why. Oh, go ahead, fish. Oh, I was just saying, I think that's why this episode was so fun for me is because it just generates ideas. Like uh, this episode, I'm sure would be boring on a rewatch and I, in fact, I didn't rewatch it because I wasn't excited about it. But what I'm excited about is what it makes me think is coming. It definitely seems if you want to watch these through the lens that Catherine Hahn's character, Agnes, is much is fully aware of what's going on and is playing her part within it. Um, you could definitely make the case that that is happening. It does seem like she might be... Um, aware that this is not a real a real reality which doesn't make a lot of sense but none of this really makes any sense um <laughs> i you know when you really get right down to it like it's an android it's a woman with magic powers none of it's real so just go with it um but uh it, it kind of seems yeah like she's kind of playing a part she's she's kind of poking things along a little bit um it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if we get to the end of this and find out she's got a lot more control or a lot more awareness of of the actual thing um i'm gonna just go ahead and throw out my theory that it on my rewatch of this um one of the things i'm wondering and it it really in the last 10 minutes is is where this crystallized for me I, I'm wondering if Wanda is actually the villain of this series. If she's the one that's can creating this situation, she's controlling the situation. Um, and these people are trapped because of her, because she refuses to deal with what she's got in any other way. And um, ultimately she is the antagonist of this, of this series that um, it, and every time somebody tries to break out of it or fight back from it, um, she says, nope, we're not having it and pulls it away. We saw it with the beekeeper. She just said, nope, and pulled it away. You know, we saw some when Mr. Hart was choking in the first episode and it looked like he was going to have an issue. She just said, that's upsetting my ideal 
vision of what I want in my life. So vision, save him. And then boom, they're right back to the sitcom. Um, vision starts to ask questions about how is this real? How is this happening? And we get a very unsettling sort of like blip in it. The first time I watched it, I went, did, did my internet connection go out? Like what happened? And I don't know if everybody else yeah, kind of had that same, same reaction. Yeah. It, and that's how it was presented. All of a sudden it, I'm like, wait, did, did this just rewind backwards? Like how did that happen? Um, and so it's so, it was so disconcerting that even on a rewatch when I've already seen that just a few days ago, I, I actually momentarily thought the same thing twice. Um, and it's clearly her controlling it. It's clearly her doing. And then you get to that, line towards the end where she says Geraldine had to rush home and the way she says it is so skin crawling and just sinister is the only way to to really phrase it um that's my theory right now that's 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 how I'm viewing this yeah um I I want to jump in there because in the beginning that's what I was alluding to is that last segment where she's really pressing her. Why did you say all like, because we get Ultron's name dropped in this and we get the fact that she now has finally mentioned that she had a brother. And that's when I said, like, I got nervous because one, her accent comes back. And again, I don't think that can be, just a throwaway. I, I think it's been very specific that she hasn't had the accent and all of a sudden she's got it back. But the way that she says to vision too, like you said, Rob, Oh, she had to go home or she had to run. However, the exact line is said it really, it's very villain like, and it, it makes you think that, yes, yeah, she is in control of this. And maybe that's why she's, being monitored because it looks clearly like at the end of this episode obviously we think this is a you know fragmented and made up reality um but it's almost crystal clear that westview is not a real place based on the fact that it literally looks like they're outside of a dome when this episode ends it really looks like there's something that they're trying to you know, penetrate, so to speak, and figure out a way to, you know, how do we get in there? So I definitely think she could be the real villain of this, this series and a, a real branching character throughout some of these movies that are coming up and really, you know, the, the multiverse of madness could be a direct relation to the fact that she is, so hell-bent, so to speak, on keeping this reality intact that she really fragments a lot of things elsewhere. Um, Harrison, what are your, you know, where are you on, on this? Oh, 100% agree with both of you guys. I think that she is going to be the antagonist of her own show and will lead into being the antagonist of Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. I totally agree with you guys. I, I'm like leaning into this way too much. Like I mentioned this last episode on IMDb. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen, Olsen is credited as Wanda Maximoff up until episode three. And then in episode four, through the end of that season, she's Wanda Maximoff and Scarlet Witch. She's credited as both. Uh, also in episode four, uh, Tayana Paris, who plays Geraldine, is no longer credited as Geraldine, is credited as Monica. So I'm super excited for episode four. But nonetheless... I think that never before, at least in my memory, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, in the MCU has Wanda Maximoff been referred to as Scarlet Witch. She's always Wanda. I don't think she's ever been referred to as Scarlet Witch. My memory could be failing me. No, I don't. Rob, I do not remember um, a single time that she has been mentioned as the Scarlet Witch. Not only do I not believe she's ever been mentioned as Scarlet Witch, but I'm pretty sure they've never actually called Quicksilver Quicksilver, at least not in the MCU, because and from my memory of it, it was always sort of passed off as well. We don't entirely have the rights to it, which is sometimes where you see the the origin of their powers kind of messed with in, in the comics, so that Marvel could retain their their film rights before they bought out um, Fox and and got all of their mutants back. Um, but I I believe you're right, and that's 
now I'm starting to think, well, that's really interesting. Like that, yeah. that can't mean I, nothing. Yeah. And I think that back to my theory about Agnes being Agatha Harkness, who is a witch. I think that that's kind of the turning point where Wanda Maximoff becomes Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch has always kind of just been like an evil name to me. Even in the comics, I've always kind of felt like that's a horrible name for a hero. It's kind of evil. And I think that that, you know, just kind of playing off my own ideas here, but I think that there is a difference between Wanda Maximoff and Scarlet Witch. And I think Scarlet Witch, from this training in some way that I'm believing she's getting from Agnes, is going to be the villain and continue to do so into Multiverse of Madness. Because even in the comics, you know, Doctor Strange had a very interesting relationship with Wanda and was kind of the one who helped her deal with her grief and put reality back to normal. Um, but yeah, I think that she's definitely going to be the villain. She's scary too. Elizabeth Olsen, when she said that last line, like Geraldine had to run home or whatever, I was like, you terrify me. And <laughs> I think it's just great. I'm here for, it. I'm so excited to see the double sides of it. And I'm, I'm really interested just to present one other idea is I don't, how much is vision going to be, um, you know, uh, uh, questioning things. How much more is he? Because he always starts to question things and then she tightens her grip on him and does some type of reset or thing. I'm curious is as it expands and more and more things have to be under her control and she's trying to maintain this reality, I think Vision's going to question things more and more and more. And I'm really, really excited. Yeah. Um, you know, like you said too, where people are credited for certain episodes as one character and another episode, they're not. Um, I, I think I'll get into that in one second, but do we think vision is all the way dead or do you guys think maybe there is some sort of Ultron like storyline here where maybe he's, you know, uploaded so to speak and he's obviously a physical projection for her, but obviously in these movies, nobody's ever really dead if they don't want them to be. But do you think he's only a fragment of her, you know, her reality that she wants to create? Or is there some part of vision that's actually still around? And that's why he's able to understand that something's not right here and question it. Um, my kind of thinking on that is based on the simple fact that we see shots of vision by himself. Um, so if this was only her reality, we wouldn't see things going on outside of Wanda in frame. We wouldn't have other characters interacting with one another um, outside of just her. We've really only seen, and I, I can't think of a scene that has neither Wanda or Vision in it, um, which which leads me to believe it's very possible that Vision is not just in in the in this reality that she's created. Very likely, um, I, I can't believe that. He, I don't I don't necessarily think right now that he's just created uh, by her. There is something. There's maybe a seed that she sort of grew this version of him out of, and that could be you know an upload of his AI consciousness. That could be a reboot of him altogether. It could be an experiment where they were trying to restore vision back to himself, which um, there was an Easter egg that we didn't uh, talk about from uh, episode one. If you actually look at the date that was on the calendar, it was, I think, August 23rd, which is the 23rd day of the eighth month, which corresponds to an, to an issue of Avengers 238, where they are basically bringing vision back to life and rebooting him in, in some way. Um, if you want to chase the rabbit far enough down the hole, it might mean nothing, but they chose that date and that issue of the comics does correspond to something. So, um, you know, my guess right now is that um, while vision may not be fully back in operational, there's at least a piece of him. There's a fragment of, of his consciousness or his AI persona that is still left um, that is somehow involved. Yeah. Harrison, any thoughts? Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you there. I think that the, I think he's got some type of sentient being in some way. There's also like a split second shot in the trailer where some, I can't remember, I'd have to rewatch this trailer, 
where Wanda's doing something with the Mind Stone. And I, this is part where my memory's fuzzy. It's either that she's, like, she's doing something with the Mind Stone, and then it explodes, and there are, like, shatters of yellow stone fly everywhere, or the other way around where she's bringing those pieces back together. I don't remember. But either way, it's clearly the Mind Stone that she's manipulating. And, and so I have... I think that he's there. I think that he's going to be back in the MCU uh, in some extent. If he, I, but that's also just kind of my hope that Paul Bettany stays around because I'm like really starting to like him in this season or this series. Uh, but yeah, it, whether he stays in the MCU or not, I think that he is existing in his own way somehow. Yeah. Um, also, too, it's... One thing here that I, I don't know, I don't think it can be a coincidence, but we get another TV commercial and it's for Hydra Soak Luxury Bath Soap, which is very, very Tesseract-like in its design. Um, It's blue, first of all, and it's a cube. Um, So I don't know if you guys picked up on that, but it's very Tesseract-like like to me um but once again it's the same two actors um in the ad it's the same two people playing the same two characters and a lot of theories are saying that that's wanda's memories of her parents which again could be really just devastating when she finds out that all of these things aren't real and someone really kind of like breaks her from this reality of this isn't right you're whatever you know not healthy however you want to say it um none of this is real and you kind of need to you need to understand what's happening and and move on um she doesn't seem like she's going to take that very well as we saw in the last part of this episode and i I still have a theory now that pietro was brought up that she might really snap here if we do see Evan Peters as a version of Quicksilver and they try to convince her that maybe that's, you know, her brother or for whatever reason, she tries to bring him back because of this episode. And that's who shows up. I still think that could be something because they're very tight lipped on what he's doing and he doesn't have a, a character credit. Um, anywhere that tells us who he's supposed to be playing. Which is really interesting because it wasn't until episode three of this show that anybody had even referenced Pietro, Quicksilver, any of it. The fact that she had a brother, unless there's something in Infinity War that I'm not remembering. It, when you think about, first of all, how terrible Age of Ultron was as a, as a movie, but then you, so don't necessarily go back to it if you don't have to, because it's not any fun, but he had literally the worst death in all of the MCU, a guy that can move faster than you can even think. And somehow he gets shot and decides that instead of just picking the bullets out of midair and moving them, he's just going to use himself as a human shield. Um, just the stupidest death, just terribly written. It, it really meant nothing. And, and honestly, like when, when he died, I was just like, Oh, Oh, well, I guess he won't be in future movies. Um, that, that was literally my reaction. I, I didn't really feel anything about it. Uh, I didn't, I didn't think they had sort of redeemed the character enough to make us actually care that much about him. Uh, I have a lot of problems with age of Ultron, but We'll save those for the podcast we did on it, Matt. Um, <laughs> but it's interesting is this is the first time that he's even mentioned. Um, and it's it kind of makes you wonder, like, um, wow, like, <laughs> did they just really throw that away and, and now are finally bringing it back? It's... Um, I, I'll be very curious to see what happens. Yeah, I would love to see it somehow work in this other actor that also plays the same character. How would they make that work and not have it feel cheap though? That's been throughout all of the reacquisition of those characters and okay, how are we going to bring the X-Men in? How are we going to incorporate this? How do you think they're going to do that? Um, Just like a goofy alternate universe. Okay. We're merged now guys. Like that was always my fear. And I never believed that they would actually do this because these are smart filmmakers. They're great storytellers. I refuse to believe they would just, cheap out and and do something so lame as that but 
how is that actually going to work? Um, it'll be interesting. Yeah, uh, Harrison, any thoughts, man? Uh, man, if you're right about that being her memory of her parents, that's horrible. That's so sad. And I think you're right. I really do. There's no, there's no credit. I'm cheating the system here and looking behind the curtain a little bit. There's no credit of them after this episode, but I think that whether that means something or not, my head canon is that that's her memory of her parents and that makes it way sadder. But another thing about that, that, uh, uh, whatever it's called, the uh, hydrous, the soap bath or whatever it was called, uh, bubble bath, it, it kind of had the idea of like escaping the difficulties of the, your reality. You know, I had like a mom who was upset with her children and like it was all too much for her to handle, so go take a bath. And I think that that's, again, really leading into the mentality of Wanda, which is just so intriguing. But I'm also curious, I forgot, Darcy is showing up in this series. What the heck is she going to do? And where the heck has she been for the last forever? That is, yeah, that's totally true. Um, I haven't even, I I didn't even think about that until you just mentioned it. And yeah, like why, of all characters, why would she be, why would she be a part of this show? Um, You know, certainly some theories about Evan Peters would make sense as to why he would be a part of it. Um, But why that character? She's had really nothing to do with any of this. Um, You know, anything to do with Wanda, anything to do with Vision. So why is she there? What would her, her point be in being in this show? So that's a really good point. And when does she show up? Uh, she shows up next episode for the rest of the season. I think that her character oh. and, and or Darcy and Jimmy Woo, I'm really thinking that they're both some type of sword agent. I think they both are, in some way. So, but I don't I don't remember Darcy really being much more than just kind of Natalie Portman's sidekick. You know, like was she yeah. really that sciency? I don't really remember she her doing overly science sciency things. Yeah, I don't I don't remember her doing much that. more. Th- yeah, like carry this, set this up. Like, you know, I, I didn't really remember her being that involved. So it, it makes you wonder, like, is it just because she was like three degrees away from Thor that they said, yeah, you can be in sword. I, this is my one theory that I just literally point off the top of my head right now is I think that she experienced something with Infinity War and Endgame. Because I have to keep mar- reminding myself, like, when – Thanos snapped his fingers. This Jimmy Woo dude and all these other characters were involved in that. Like, that was the entire universe that was affected by that and not just the heroes we see in Endgame. And I have to keep reminding myself of that because I'm like, Jimmy Woo, why is he there? He's Ant-Man's dude, you know, who wants... And, and so I think that there's something that happened with Infinity War and Endgame that, that really, I think, catapulted Sword into what it is now. Um, of course... Uh, Nick Fury working with the scrolls and that I think the combination of that and Infinity War to launch sword and I'm just thinking that's an easy way to just kind of like shoehorn her in uh, but I hope she whatever happens I hope it's not shoehorning I hope that is a good writing yeah um, that is you know, I think obviously it's clear based on, and you can read on, you know, like Harrison said, if you pull back the curtain a little bit and cheat, um, it's definitely about to shift tones with episode four. The The sitcom route is over for this show, and there's only, guys, correct me here, so... There's nine episodes total, right? It was originally supposed to be eight, and then it was nine, or is is this still an mm-hmm. eight-episode show? It's nine. Okay, so... Well, according to IMDb. Yeah, we, we definitely are going in a, a different direction here, it looks like, for the end of this show. And even Paul Bettany has said this show ends with a bang. Like, it definitely will catch you off guard. It doesn't just kind of like, you know, even though it goes into Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness, he he said this show ends and you're going to like, you're going to feel it. It's going to be an ending that you're like, wow. So 
they're not just treating this as a show, so to speak. Like this is supposedly going to be a huge event that ends this series. And, you know, according to everything else, like we've already heard that Loki is going to be two seasons. We've already heard that Falcon and the Winter Soldier was going to be two seasons. Um, They've made it very clear and things could change, but this is a a one-off. This is one time this leads basically into almost everything. It seems like, like this is the catalyst for the next phase of the MCU, which is very interesting because we're going to have to wait forever for it. I mean, we don't even really know when black widow is going to be released, let alone Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness. I mean, imagine that when this is done, there's some crazy ending like infinity war level crazy where half the universe is snapped and you have to wait like that ungodly amount of time between the end of infinity war and when you can go see Endgame. Like it'll almost be that kind of period of time. If, if something crazy happens that we don't really get a resolution to until Dr. Strange, um, that's going to be infuriating. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I think they're just going to say like black widows coming out 2028 and then we'll just be surprised when it's just like released. Um, I, I just, I, I, get I don't it. think it's going to happen, but I keep hearing more and more people are, are saying, just put it on Disney plus already. Just give it to us as a, as a special pay-per-view kind of event like they did with Mulan. Um, there has to be a reason, and I don't want to try to get us too far off topic, but there has got to be a reason why Disney is holding on to it for a theatrical release where, uh, Warner Brothers put all of their stuff on HBO Max with Wonder Woman and things like that. They have to believe this thing is a blockbuster that's going to make them billions. Yeah, I, I can't believe they're struggling for money and they're like, geez, we can't afford to not have this be in theaters. Um, it is rather odd that they're being so, I guess, stubborn is the word I'll use with releasing that and just continuing to delay it. Because as we know, it's not production wise because it's it's finished it's not like they can't film it because of covid and everything else that's going on it's it's been filmed it's ready to go um and who knows maybe with some of these other delays maybe they finally say yeah we do need to you know give some sort of theater uh some sort of movie release and we'll do that on disney plus but you know harrison what is you know i think we're at the point where it's Again, we've basically just rated this episode and talked about this episode based on theories. Where do you think episode four goes? If you had to take a guess for episode four, where does it go? Where does it go for you? Uh, yeah, so it's episode three ends with Geraldine, who we know is Monica Rambo, getting launched back into reality. And I think the episode's going to start with an attempt at the sitcom, you know, it's going to Wanda is in her reality steel, you know, just because one person got launched to the moon doesn't mean that her reality stops existing. So I think that it's going to start with kind of a sitcom vibe in some ways. And she's going to try and continue to maintain this sitcom with vision and their two kids, Billy and Tommy or whatever the names are. And then we're going to jump to sword. And then that's going to kind of just lead into like, uh, uh, sword trying to infiltrate the reality and her trying to keep sword out. And then it's going to be the start of the escalation that causes all sorts of chaos. That's why. Rob, what's, what's your thought? Where do you think uh, episode four is going? You know, I think episode four, you'll probably see it jump forward to the eighties. And you'll see inspirations taken from, you know, the big sitcoms there. Um, I'm expecting I'm expecting at least something more than 45 seconds in the real world. Um, I'm, I'm expecting we'll see a little bit more. Um, I, we, we've seen a clip from trailers of the two of them agreeing that something is wrong and this is our home and we're going to fight for it. So we've seen that in some of the trailers leading into this. Um and that could have been any number of different things, but I think I think I'm with Harrison in that there is going to be an incursion on the part of Sword trying to get into whatever this pocket reality is, trying to break in, trying to 
you know, get whoever's trapped in there out and, and get Wanda into a state where she's not a threat to herself, to the people trapped in there, or for all we know it, all of reality. I mean, yeah, to go back to something that we had talked about before, ever, all of these people were either snapped or, or were affected by the snap. And certainly anything that feels like, you know, once that happens, you know, you think back to even, even something that happened in our own lifetimes, like the attacks on 9-11, it's happened once, you know, what else could happen? And you think about just the way that air travel changed as soon as that was done. Imagine how the world would change if half of all sentient life was destroyed, what precautions would be put in place? Like stuff would be put in place that would make the Patriot Act look like, like nothing. (laughs) Like it would, it would make it look like the, the rules of order of a local student council, you know, like there would be crazy stuff put in place to make sure nothing like that could ever happen. And any threats to, humanity to earth to reality um would be dealt with very seriously um and and taken seriously so you have to wonder um is that what they're viewing this as um i i sort of expect us i i hope we see more of the real world of actual reality i i found myself and part of the reason I, I really didn't get into this episode as much as I did other other things, I guess it's for me, it's a lot like uh, Monty Python and the search for the Holy Grail, where they're yelling, get on with it, like at the top of their lungs, you know, like we've seen three episodes now where Wanda, OK, we get it. She's losing her mind. OK. She's had trauma. We get it. What's actually happening? Like, show us what's going on. There's no payoff. It's just continuing to be half hour after half hour of her not accepting that this trauma is real. She's created this other world for herself and she's not letting anything threaten it. And we've seen three episodes of it now without there really being with the exception of the last 10 minutes, maybe um, any payoff of what's really going on. Um, And that's why, like I said, this was, this was not something I was really looking forward to rewatching. Like I was, I, I was hoping to. If it's okay, yeah. if I cut in super quick. Uh, Rob said something that's reminding me of something I read this past week. So I didn't realize this until I did some research, and I'm sorry to cut in, Matt. But in the comics, so the Agency of S.W.O.R.D. stands for Sentient World Observation Response Department, which is largely responsible for being a shield in space. So S.W.O.R.D. is really linked to, like, the Fantastic Four. It's, it's things that are happening out in the, the cosmos, out in space, and S.W.O.R.D. is the defense against that. It's defending the world. But in the MCU, S.W.O.R.D. stands for Sentient Weapon Observation Response Department. And I think that it's, like Rob just pointed out, a reaction to a catastrophic weapon that Thanos used. And so now there's this huge push to have a, 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 a observation response team to sentient weapons that can be used on a, a, a colossal scale, like Thanos' snap. And so this is just kind of my theory. I think that at first they thought that somebody, some weapon, was doing this to Wanda. They trusted Wanda as their, their friend and their ally, and someone was doing it to Wanda. That's why even Jimmy Woo said, who's doing this to you? And I think uh, Monica or Geraldine, whoever you want to call her, getting launched out and having that experience is going to help them realize that Wanda is the weapon. And that's going to launch the attack and then chaos. So I think that's what's going to happen, which is really interesting because I think, the, Rob, your description of it was like spot on with what, what you pointed out about our own response to 9-11 and, and that type of thing. And that makes like, I don't know, it makes me trust in my own theories more, which is bad because I'm probably going to be disappointed when it's not true. <laughs> but it's interesting how well it connects. Um. Okay, so here is here's my last question I'm going to pose to both of you, and this might be something that we might have to address in another episode. But one part of the comic books with Wanda and Vision having kids, and we know obviously Marvel with the shows and the movies, Eternals, and all of these things that they're doing – uh, they're not outside the realm of going completely just off the rails with characters. And 
one of them, and there's a couple of lines in earlier episodes that make me think maybe this could be it, but what is the possibility that we are getting the actual devil in the Marvel universe and um, Mephisto as a character? Because there's some lines that Agnes uses that could hint that there's another force at play here. Uh trapping Wanda in this reality. Um, guys, have you thought or read anything about that? So I, uh, I have seen some things around Mephisto, you know, the devil in the details. I think there was a, there was a, um, a line in one of the first two episodes about that. Um, and, and him being involved with the, uh, with her ability to have uh, the twins um, who, Billy, you know, maybe jumping into Easter eggs a little bit early, but Billy and Tommy are the names that they that they decide on, and those are Wanda's real children who eventually go on to become the characters Wiccan and Speed. Um, Wiccan has been certainly more involved recently, I think, and you've certainly seen him. And I'm going to say I would, I kind of expect that to become something um, as. It seems like Marvel and, and Disney as a whole wants to get away from all of their, you know, main characters as straight white men. Wiccan is gay and gets married in the comics. Um, I kind of feel like they want to see more of that. Um, so I wouldn't, I kind of expect the twins to grow up and become characters in the MCU. Yeah, uh, Harrison. I think you had something that you were you were adding to that. Oh yeah, I've um, I've read some things about it, and I I don't know. I this is what I I'm trying to like say this the right way. I have so many thoughts spinning in my head right now. Uh, if he is introduced, if he is, if if the devil, whatever his his name is, I always forget, um, is going to be involved in the MCU it's going to be hinted at. I don't think it's going to be like a big reveal yet. I think that would take away from letting Wanda be the villain, which maybe I'm leaning into that idea too much. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I could definitely see it as a possibility. And maybe he's like the big baddie of phase four or the next saga or whatever they're going to call it. Um, But I don't, if he is involved, I don't think it's going to be, it's going to be like, you know, Avengers uh, post credit scene where we kind of saw like the smile of Thanos type thing. Like it's it's just going to be like an acknowledgement of an ex- his existence, but not uh, a big reveal, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe he gets peppered in, so to speak, sprinkled in um, because, Rob, you know, you're right. When they say the devil's in the details, um, it's actually – um, Agnes jokes back and says that's not the only place he is um, and that maybe they're saying you know she keeps referring to a husband um, but we don't see him and maybe this husband is him um, again a lot of this is theories and reaching but he mm. does have a connection to Doctor Strange and he has a connection um, to Peter Parker and Doctor Strange obviously is going to be a mentor to Peter in Spider-Man 3. So he could be a large part of a connective tissue, but again, he might just be like peppered in throughout and not just like this huge reveal of, oh, you're actually like, we're going to see somebody fighting the devil, so to speak. Um, Cause maybe he gets hinted at and who knows, maybe this ghost rider, show that they're talking about is that's the first villain that Ghost Rider encounters. Um, but there's again, Harrison, you you said this and this is where you said a lot of your excitement comes from. These episodes so far, the excitement is literally just from the hundred different things that you can think of that might be possible. And again, everything that we've talked about, none of this could be by the time we get to the end of it, everything we've said could literally just be for not, so to speak. Um, but it sure is fun along the way. Yeah. <laughs> I will say 
if next week's episode the three of us get together and like, well, we just have a bunch of theories. I'm gonna be really irritated. Like I don't get yeah. me wrong, I love theorizing and hypothesizing, but there's a point where it's like too much and then the payoff is rushed because you're trying to pay off everything that you spent way too long setting up. And I think that we're at a good point where it'd be a, a, a it'd be good to have it start to pay off. And I think it will. I, you know, I totally trust that, but we'll see. Yeah, Rob, go go ahead. Yeah, so you think about something we had talked about last week. Marvel dropped two episodes to start this series off. We got episodes one and two back to back last Friday. They gave us episode three here. Um, I'm kind of, like I mentioned before, I'm kind of over like what we're seeing. Um, I kind of want to see the payoff of it. Harrison, you'd kind of said, if we get to next week and we're still just hypothesizing, you're going to be pretty annoyed. Well, well, so am I. Um, And I kind of think now that knowing how the first three episodes of this show start, had we, if we were just reviewing episode two tonight um, and not getting a chance to, to, you know, if we're doing three weeks of this instead of two weeks, um, I, I think the, I think the, the luster might be off this. The excitement from a lot of people might be off this. They may not have as much of an audience by the time they finally get around to really hitting us with something big. Um, like I said, it's it's very much that Monty Python scene for me. Just get on with it. Like let's <laughs> let's see what's happening now. Yeah, I'm I'm in total agreement with you guys. I think um, they've had enough time here to you know, let us know exactly what's going on, so to speak. Um, Obviously, we're still, you know, grabbing at straws for a lot of things, but we know that this isn't real. Uh, You've set up your world, so to speak, and now, you know, it does seem like this episode is, you know, where everything's going to change. Um, more, More so the next episode is where we start to get the tone shift for it, but... Yeah, I think we need something more concrete in this next episode to keep the goodwill, so to speak, for this show going. Um, And we're not on episode five going, well, maybe we know what's going on. Um, Because, yeah, at at this point, I think we definitely need something to go off of and not just just theories. Uh, I still think you can come up with a lot of them, but I think the story needs to be painted in a a much clearer picture here at the end of episode four. And I, I do think we're getting that. So uh, I'm not too worried, but we'll definitely see when we're back next week, what we're going, uh, you know, what we're going to be saying here about this show in general. Cause I think it's a real crucial episode, but uh, Harrison, I'm going to let you go first here. Uh, we're at the point where let's overall rate this, uh, this episode and out of five, what, would you give this? What is your, your rating? Um, I'd probably give it three and a half reels. Is, is that what we're giving it? Reels? Three and a half reels out of five? Um, because it's... Uh, I'm thinking of the right words here. It, it's too much of the same thing. I love the sitcom stuff, but I've had enough already. And so it, it really kind of takes the episode down, and I probably would have only given it like one and a half stars or two for the fun things, like just being fun as a sitcom but i'm not watching wandavision because i want to watch a sitcom you know i want the multiverse so to speak uh so but those last 10 minutes crank it up so much it's like the best 10 minutes i've ever watched of anything uh and that really takes it up a lot so it's an interesting tone where i'm kind of like you know like come on let's go let's go let's go i mean like but also enjoying the slow fun lighthearted details of it but also like just having a a, a gas to quote uh, whatever her name is I already forgot uh, Agnes at mm-hmm. those last ten minutes so it's a, it's a weird combo yeah Rob what are what are your thoughts what would you give this episode so I'm going two and a half and as I was thinking about um, over this weekend um, you know what what I just wasn't wasn't enjoying about what we got. Um, and I'm going to apologize to Harrison and the audience for a second. Cause what I'm about to say might trigger Matt a little bit. Oh um, <laughs> so just warning, warning in advance. Um, I didn't particularly care for Joker with Joaquin Phoenix. I just, I, I was kind of bored by it and it was 
a slow, you know, you're watching this guy just slowly over the course of a feature film, just get the crap beat out of him, just go a little crazier. And, and ultimately it's not until the tail end of the movie that you really get anything out of it. You know, I went into that wanting to see him do Joker stuff, not just be a sad kind of, you know, mentally challenged person who needed real help and was, was in a terrible situation and was just getting the the crap kicked out of him both physically and mentally and emotionally. And, and I just, it, I didn't find it entertaining. Um, and I'm kind of at a similar place with WandaVision. It's like, okay, we get it. She's very mentally damaged. She's had a ton of terrible things happen in her life and it continues to get worse for her. And she's trying to escape. She's trying to live in that happy place. Um, and every time somebody breaches her reality, she kicks them out and, and she's, she spins the decade forward 10 years and is back in that happy place and is living her ideal world. And we're still just not getting paid off on it. Um, that's just the, the comparison that, um, that I just kept coming up with was that's sort of the same reason I just didn't get into Joker, which by the way, Matt saw in theaters no less than five times. So I'm going to let him uh, completely tear me <laughs> apart for not liking Joker. Uh, but two and a half reels is, uh, is my review uh, is my rating of this episode. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> get done with uh, my, my review of this, Rob, I am outside your door with water balloons and nunchucks ready to fight you um, for that comment about Joker. But um, I digress. <laughs> um, no, uh, you know, Harrison, I would agree with your rating. I would say that's where it is for me, just because honestly, the last 10 minutes of this just, it really was an episode that I was kind of just, casually watching i wasn't really intent on it uh during my during my sit down but that last 10 minutes um similar to like you know if you have a dog and you grab your keys for the car you, your dog perks up because they think they're going for a car ride that was kind of me on the couch like oh geez um what's happening here um and it really just kind of propelled this episode like i said in the beginning so uh i would give it three and a half um out of five reels and it's one of those episodes though, like you said, I think unless we get something towards the end of the season where it's just like, wow, there were all these little tiny details that I did not notice. Um, you know, these first three episodes, I don't see a reason to really ever go back and watch this show again, unless there's a lot of, uh, We'll steal that line again, devil in the details or the, uh, yeah, the devils in the details, um, kind of moments where it was like, geez, I didn't think that meant anything. And it means a whole lot. So three and a half for me, I will be super interested to hear what you guys think of next week's episodes and, uh, to fans out there too. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and we put it in the show's notes, but you know, we would really love to hear your theories, your thoughts. So the email address for the show, uh, I'm going to go ahead and give that out now too, is it's M-M-G-T-M, uh, podcast at gmail.com. And that will be in the notes because I I've had a couple of really good conversations, but we'd really love to hear what you guys think. Uh, if you listen to The Basement Binge, which I recommend every single time Harrison's with us, um, it's a great show. Uh, he has a lot of interactions with people that listen to his show and get some really good feedback about what people think of episodes. Um, and Harrison, I'll you know, kind of not to speak for you, but I, I think it's helped you a lot from the conversations that we've had. Um, you know, with future episodes and, you know, things that, you know, listeners engage in as well. So, uh, you know, send us an email, let us know what you think and, you know, mention some fans theories on the show and, you know, hopefully develop into some really good conversations, but uh, that's going to do it for this episode. So uh, I would like uh, Harrison, once again, just plug your show at the end here and uh, then we'll tell everybody where they can uh, get these episodes. Yeah, of course. I'm going to plug your email again. Send him an email. That's so fun. I've I've had rare interactions with listeners, but when I've put things out there to have people interact, and they have, it's like the most fun I've ever had while, while creating a podcast. And, and even with, with Matt, for the listeners, 
Matt reached out to me and now we're great friends and it's, it's just a ton of fun to interact with people. And if you're wanting someone to talk about who enjoys WandaVision or movies or just, just film culture in general, Matt's a ton of fun to talk about. Obviously you can hear us laughing and having a good time. So definitely email Matt it because it's fun. It, it's a ton of fun. And everybody who's I've been able to talk to, I know that they also enjoyed it. So it's mutually beneficial. Uh, but I appreciate you again, having me here, Matt, uh, like I said, like he said, I'm Harrison from The Basement Binge. So wherever you get your podcasts, you can get The Basement Binge. Just search for that. Of course, it's on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Stitcher, all those places that you're used to, The Basement Binge. Um, yeah, thanks again for having me here, Matt. I, this has been tons of fun. Yeah, no, uh, you know, we have a, a great time. And Rob, um, you know, anybody that listens to the show know Rob has helped me with a ton of episodes. He's been a, a ton of fun. And even just to email the show to tell him how wrong he is about Joker, The Last Jedi, um, you know, yes, whatever, yes, yes, yes. whatever you want to do there, um, I, I'm sure Rob would love to go over a couple of uh, things as to why he doesn't like those movies or have he's honestly Rob's a great person to talk to about varying opinions because it's never judgmental um as much as we joke here it's super fun to debate with rob on certain things because it's great great back and forth um and it's a lot of fun and rob thank you so much um you know i i hope i say this enough but you've been a huge help with not just these episodes but the show in general and like harrison said it's been awesome just to connect over something super simple um in a time when you know guys nothing seems to be simple um in this world right now it's it's awesome to be able to do this and anybody that listens to this show um and i know harrison has said this anybody that listens to his show it's awesome we really really appreciate it um interact with us let us know what you think and we'll look forward to next week with another episode of mondays with maximoff Thanks again, listeners.